Welcome to Provision in the Thicket, a podcast from Provision Church in Monroe, North Carolina, where we apply the provision of God's Word to everyday cultural and theological questions. This is your host, Cole. Thanks for joining us. All right, everybody, welcome back to Provision in the Thicket. This is your host, Cole, and today on this episode, I have none other than Quinn Medlin with us. Hey, everyone. Yep, so Quinn is a college resident like me, and we're both in our second year at Provision, and we're specifically college residents. Um, And so, Quinn, why don't you just share a little bit about what brought you to Provision, just so everybody can get to know you a bit. Yeah, so... um... My wife, Gloria, was at another church in the Charlotte area, and we had uh, left that church, and we were trying to just decide what God was calling us into next. And actually, we had started the process of uh, thinking about going to be missionaries somewhere. Um, and then uh, Mark came to us and told us he was starting a church, and we got really excited about it and um, felt that was where God was calling us to. Yeah, so, and yeah. it's cool to see God's hand through that decision. Yes, right? and just, yes, definitely. Yeah. It's been really exciting to see everything has gone. Yeah, yeah, so I've, I've gotten to work with Quinn, what is it, into our second year now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. So we're mainly just on Wingate's campus and doing other things like that, uh, trying to disciple students. But on this episode specifically, we wanted to talk about the topic of evangelism and really why evangelism. Well, first, what is evangelism? But then why as Christians should we do it? Should all Christians do it? Uh, this, these are all questions that we want to answer on this podcast today. So, Quinn, why don't you just get us started with what even is evangelism? Like, what does that even, what does that even mean? Yeah, so um, it, it's just sharing the gospel, really, um, with the purpose of whoever hears it would come to know Jesus. And I, I feel like it is, it has an air around it that people are intimidated by it, but mm-hmm. really that, that's, that's all it is, and um, that's how we need to see it. Yes, sharing the the good news of Christ, mm-hmm. really, the story of the the Bible, story of the Gospels, um, it, sharing that in a way that anyone who hears could place their faith in Christ for yes. salvation. So obviously, there's different parts of that gospel. Well, I mean, we're separated from God in our sin, and therefore that's why God mm-hmm. sent Jesus to be our sacrifice. But it's not just because He did that; we got to accept that and believe it. Um, would you say that's like a very, very short summary of oh, the yeah. story? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so, um, obviously, by the word evangelism, um, it means you have to say something. You can't just, you know, be quiet around somebody. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. It, it isn't just showing Jesus in your actions, but it's showing and telling people, like, what, why it is you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, so it's both and. I mean, it, the, the message becomes more reputable when we're living out mm-hmm. uh, a Christ-like walk. So, yeah, so what is evangelism? Just basically sharing the gospel, the good news of Christ, with purpose that whoever hears will come to faith in Christ. Um, so as I was uh, really researching for this podcast, I wanted to get just really a, a current climate on what people in America think about evangelism. Mm-hmm. And so I get that it's going to vary probably from region to region, 
and mm-hmm. even like generationally, like maybe young people are more offended by this versus older people. But generally, this is from 2018. It was a study by George Barna. They do a lot of research. But they said in 2018, they surveyed uh, Americans all across the country that six out of ten Americans believe that any attempt to convert others to one's own faith is extreme. And so what do you think about that statistic, Quinn? I think that is funny. Um, <laughs> it it sounds, sounds ridiculous. Um, it sounds like me going up to um, someone trying to uh, convince them to be a Panthers fan because of what they've done. Um, and it just, they shouldn't be um, offended about that. But. Yeah, even like the language of that, like question, any attempt to convert others, I feel like that word has taken so much baggage with it now. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if we were to share the gospel with somebody, that's like, well, you're just trying to get me to believe what you believe right. yes. versus it being like, well, no, this is like truth. Right. Despite what yeah. you believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think some people do come about it that way. And it, mm-hmm. it really just comes down to a heart issue. Like, why are you doing it? Yeah. I th- yeah. I think if our purpose is that this person, whoever we're talking to, we really want them to, mm-hmm. to know Jesus. I mean, that's yeah. the point by yeah. faith. Um, then that statement, like, it's not that we're just trying to convert others to convert them. Definitely. And, and that, that's not even the command we're given. We're commanded to go make disciples. Um, so even in the question, that seems a little uh, unfair, I guess, to what we believe as Christians that evangelism is. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is that so that six out of ten Americans believe that uh, it, somewhere in that portion are Christians. And so we could even there would be some mix up with it yeah. with this. Even some cr- people who identify as Christians would say that our attempt to share our faith is it should be avoided. And I think we'll get into that a little bit. But another interesting stat is the same statement um, of people who do not identify with any religion at all. They would say they're religiously unaffiliated or no religion. We call the these people the nuns, and they're rising, especially in uh, our generation. Eight out of ten nuns say that uh, it is extreme to try to do this. And so it seems that as culture is progressing, at least in America, that um, this concept of Christians— sharing the good news of Christ is becoming more and more uh, just offensive or looked down upon in society. So, uh, Quinn, what do you think are some factors that are playing into this this -hmm. statistic? Yeah, so, um, er, well, over the summer I had been doing some research on evangelism because I had seen that it is not something that many Christians um, practice or put attention towards. Um, so something that I think that, um, people do or that people feel is that they're afraid to, um, give up their life for something like this. Like they, they see the God of the old Testament who, um, they see it as God doing all this killing of innocent people, which it, it isn't like that. Um, but they are afraid to give their life to someone who they see in that light. And um, in Romans, it talks about how they, uh, non-believers, suppress the truth. They know what is right, yet they continue to live apart from what they know is true. I, I think that's a big 
part of it that they've hardened their hearts against that. Okay, yeah, so you're hitting on, like, the the spiritual side of this. That really, I mean, there is, it's not just, like, you can't boil it down to a physical or physiological factor. Like, mm-hmm. these people are more likely to believe versus, it. you're saying that everyone, um, because of sin, and because even when we were dead in our sins before Christ, we were walking in opposition towards mm-hmm. God, and that our flesh did not want to submit to Christ as Lord because we love our sin more than yes. we love God. Is yes. that kind of what you're saying? Yes, definitely. Um, the the passions that um, the world tries to put on us or grow in our hearts, mm-hmm. um, we we are having to fight that um, to fight for something that we know is true as Christians. Yeah, and so really what we're seeing now is just natural, like, mankind's opposition to God. I mean, if they don't want to hear it, if they think it's offensive or extreme, I mean, that's just really, um, they're like part of that, they're hardening their hearts to, uh, what God says in his word, mm-hmm. uh, that, that we should believe about Christ. Um, I've heard one apologist say that nobody is neutral when it mm-hmm. comes to the gospel. Definitely. Um, and I think John three, seventeen and 18 really, support that because in those verses you know John, everyone knows John 3 16 God, uh, Jesus came to the world um, God sent so loved the world that you know nobody would that whoever so, would believe would not perish but have eternal life but then in 17 and 18 he talks about how Christ did not come to condemn the world but to save the world but if, if you don't believe it's because uh, you love your sin you love the darkness more than you love the light mm-hmm. and so uh I think his name was Greg Bonson, but he would say nobody's neutral. Um, everyone either is living in the dark or, you know, being humbled and accepting Christ to come to the light. And so there's like a battle here. It's like even when we're talking to people about the gospel, we have to recognize that there is a hardness of heart and an opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's not just like something they can like just be nonchalant about, even mm-hmm. though some people do have that attitude right. towards yeah. it. There's there's the worldview of not believing that God is the creator of the universe and what Jesus did for us. Then there is the worldview of Jesus as the son of God and we need to live like him. But there's no worldview of there is God and there is Jesus, but we aren't to change our lives for it. Yeah, it's like a both and. It's like, well, if Christ is Lord, then our lives should be submitted to that. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 So I think that like that's the spiritual side. Um, another one I just think too, just be aware of in, in just our, our culture and how our culture is developing is we are, I think we're definitely now a pluralistic culture. And what I mean by that is there is just this overwhelming tide and sense uh, in people's just value system that you must accept everyone's beliefs no matter mm-hmm. what they are and that to not accept what somebody believes is to not accept them. Therefore, it's wrong to try to change someone's beliefs because that's what they grew up with. Maybe that's part of their heritage. Um, and basically, pluralism would say that always lead to God. And so it's wrong to try to convert someone to just one way or one belief about God because who are you to say what's right or wrong? Mm-hmm. And the famous example of this is um, one philosopher put it this way, that if if everyone is blind and we're just trying to figure out uh, that there's an elephant in front of us, one person may have their hand on the leg, one person may have their hand on the, the tusk or the, the, the face, and one person may have their hand on the back. 
or something. And all the religions kind of act that way in the minds of someone who would be pluralistic is that, okay, look, we're, we're all just blind trying to figure out our way. It, we're all just trying to figure out different pieces of this. And so, yeah, Christi- Christianity brings some good stuff. Islam brings some good stuff. Buddhism brings some good stuff. Let's just mix them all together. And the famous thing that I see all, all around is the coexist bumper mm-hmm. sticker. Yes. That is like the quintessential like name brand of pluralism. It's like mm-hmm. we should just all get along because we're all after the same thing, which obviously the Bible has a problem with because the Bible says that in our hearts we make idols and that mm-hmm. we choose other. We choose to worship creation rather than the creator um, yes. and then specifically Jesus who came in the flesh. So that's just another reason as our culture is becoming increasingly pluralistic. Um and then I would say, even within Christianity, um, there's a tide that's, I think, impacted by pluralism, but that says that, you know, Jesus' sacrifice was enough for everybody. Like, God's going to save everybody because he loves everybody. Therefore, it doesn't matter if we share the gospel with everybody. God's going to save them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think about those two ideas that we just talked about? Yeah, I, I think um, there's been a big shift into... Um, into these um, different views. I was, I was thinking about the um, the imagery that you were giving of the elephant, and I'd heard that before, and how um, some person might be touching the elephant on the uh, leg and say, oh, it's a zebra or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Um, and they may be completely wrong, and the only person to know um, for certain, 100% certainty, what they're touching is the person who is outside of the picture and can see everything going mm-hmm. on. And that's what we say God is. Mm-hmm. God sees everything that's happening and who is understanding what is actually happening or what is truth. Yeah. So. And that may sound abstract, but to just boil it down very simply, we can't know who God really is unless he reveals himself to us. Mm-hmm. And he has revealed himself to us in his word. And his word tells us of Jesus who fully revealed who God is by coming and uh, being fully God, fully man, and to be our mediator to God, to die for us and make that sacrifice so we can know God. And obviously, when we place our faith in Christ and we receive the Holy Spirit, that's when we say you know, salvation has occurred and we are uh, made right with God and we can mm-hmm. know him. Um, so, yeah, I think that those are good reasons why our culture maybe is stemming towards this more uh, antagonistic view of sharing Jesus with people. Um, but let's talk about, like, the why behind evangelism. Like, should these reasons deter us from evangelizing? And I think the best place to start is just the Bible. What does the Bible tell us about this topic of evangelism? Is it, you think it's something that we, we got to do, every Christian has to do it? Do you think it's only for some people? Um, how do we even do it? What's the method? What's the motivation behind it? Yeah. You want to start with anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So we, we have a um, couple verses in front of us and um, in Mark where John the Baptist was sent um, to proclaim the gospel, the name of the Lord, um, saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So someone going out to the people proclaiming truth of what is going to happen, um, not just um, acting um, with um, 
good intentions of holding someone's groceries or whatnot. I don't know. Um, but he's actually intentionally sharing what he believes in. So there's a verbal yes. part to this. And then specifically he says in this verse to, um, to repent and believe in the gospel. Mm-hmm. So the gospel, the gospel just means good news. And actually evangelism comes from the same root word as gospel. It just means to bear good news, to be about sharing what Christ has done in in the world, in, in our lives too, but what he can do in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Mark 1, 14 through 15, um, the example of John and Jesus proclaiming the gospel. Um, I think of Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We hear this passage all the time um, in the church now, and I think it's a really good thing that the great commission that Christ has given us, he says that all authority has been given to me, so go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And then part of this making disciples is to teach them to observe everything that he's commanded. And then he says, behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so part of making disciples is to be teaching them what God has said and what, what yeah. Christ has said through his word. Um, and I think a component of that is evangelism, that yes. you know, they, you can't make a disciple without sharing the goodness of Jesus. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, makes me think of Romans 10, 14 and 15, where it says, and how are they to hear without someone preaching to them? Like we, we have to explain um, what truth is and what they need to know or else they'll never understand it. Um, so we are supposed to preach the good news, who Jesus is, who God is, what happened for them. Um, because in, in doing that, um, there is, um, questioning and joy and, um, just like, can, can that happen to me? I think that comes up in their hearts and their minds, even if they don't act that way. Like those, those are some of their thoughts, um, thinking about like the, the things that they have done in the past that they regret, like, can I be forgiven of that? And they, they need to know that they can be. Yeah, that God has provided the way for us to be made right with him, yes. to be restored through Jesus taking our place. And you're right, Romans 10, it literally talks about how how are they to believe in someone who who they never heard about before. Right. Right? You yeah. know, like we think, okay, like, yes, the world needs Jesus and the world needs to know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. But are we the ones willing to go and actually say what he's done to somebody um, and it's not to mean that, like, we got to be on a stage, like, out in the street, like, yeah. just preaching to people. But it, in our daily lives and the people who we know around us who are lost, are we willing to go and be the bearer of good news? Um, it might sound like bad news to some people because they don't want to give their life to Christ. Right. But it is good news because yeah. the best thing that could happen to anyone is that they are made right with God, mm-hmm. to Christ. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, just we have one more verse here. We get, like, there's a question a lot. was like, is everyone called to evangelize? Is, like, aren't there, isn't that for, like, the evangelists and the big people like Billy Graham who, you know, had these massive crowds? Um, And Ephesians 4.11 specifically tells us that Christ gave the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherd and teachers or shepherd teachers. So there is a component to this where there are some who are specifically gifted with Mm -hmm. evangelism in the church and we see that in um in a person like billy graham like i think he was one whom god raised up to 
be an evangelist for the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what would you say, like, to the question, are all of us called to evangelize? Yeah, I, I think that we are um, supposed to go out, make disciples who make disciples. We are supposed to evangelize. Uh, I think that um, there are some people who struggle with it more than others, the severe introverts who don't like talking to anyone. Um, I think that we are um, called to do or work at all of these things. Now, I think the levels of success are different for everyone, definitely. Some people are better at some things than others. Um, But I think this is something that God has called us to do. Um, Like you were talking about, or what I was talking about, um, how John went out into the um, to the people to um, evangelize to them. Um, that was an example of what we are supposed to do as well. So I think someone who was, say, they aren't supposed to evangelize, I'd, I don't know where that says in the Bible. Um, it, it's definitely hard and hard to get to the point of feeling comfortable if you ever feel comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think it's something that we are called to attempt so for sure i mean it i've heard one pastor say that you will communicate what you cherish mm-hmm. and i love that phrase because i mean if you love football like you know right. we're gonna be talking about yeah. football yeah if you love exactly. panthers uh, you're gonna be upset when they lose yes uh, very <laughs> which is, upset which is often yes, <laughs> it, it is very often but in the same sense if you cherish jesus and if you love him like you will want to talk about mm-hmm. him with other people um, not to say, like Quinn said, not to say it's not going to be scary or not to say you're not going to get butterflies when you do it. Like it still, even if I'm oh, like, yeah. sitting across a student, like they may be a freshman and I'm like five years, six years older than <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. And I'm like scared of what they will think, yes, you know? Definitely. Um, but it, like, like Quinn said, it, it's something that comes along with being a Christian is to bear the good news and to be an ambassador of that good news. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think to sum up just with our time in the word there we see that evangelism simply means uh, bearing the good news of christ and part of that has a verbal part to it we have to actually say what the content of the gospel is and then a second part of that is that uh, people can't believe unless we actually say it to them and then uh, while some are specifically called to maybe a whole ministry of evangelism like that's their life like billy graham that mm-hmm. there's a general command for all Christians to make disciples, and that involves sharing the gospel. Yes. So that's a good summary. Um, well, let's make it a little bit more personal. Uh, Quinn, I know that, obviously, us being on the college campus, um, we've done a little bit of that. Um, what's kind of been your sense of how people react to when you share the gospel with them, just at, at random, like yeah. random people? Yeah, so... Um, Sharing the gospel on Wingate University is, is, it's a lot of fun, honestly. Um, and I say that now with having it been done multiple times. Um, but um, I'll literally just walk up to a student who's walking past and say, "Hey, how's it going?" And they'll they'll stop and look at me and say, <laughs> "Hey, it's going good." And I have no idea who this person is. And I I like to start out at a out with a question um, that is, um, what do you think your purpose in life is? 
and they'll um, get caught off guard or they'll just go on and answer the question. But um, I like to turn that into, well, I think that we all have a purpose and that is to be um, loved by God and to love him as well through our actions. And then I'll go into the bridge or um, using Romans 6.23 and get into the gospel that way. But um, it's it's fun to... Um, talk with students out there. Um, yeah. I generally get the feeling that most students are willing to at least have a conversation with you. Definitely. Um, especially yeah. if you make it more conversational. Like mm-hmm. Quinn is talking about the bridge, uh, which is just based on Romans 6.23. In that model, we just ask them, you know, what do you think wages means? What do you think death means? What do you think sin means? Um, and then kind of just walk them through the gospel and then, you know, ask them, what like have they come to a decision where they've accepted mm-hmm. what Christ has done? And some people, I mean, most people don't really care. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of apathy. Right. Um, but generally, like students are willing to engage, and we even ask questions back. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one example of like I think we call it cold turkey evangelism, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of going up to random people. Yeah. Um, which can seem really scary, but honestly, I find it. Sometimes that's easier to do than sitting I, across a family member. Yeah, I I honestly think it is easier because you just start out with a clean slate. You don't know anything about their life, and you can just ask them questions. Um, uh, two weeks ago, I guess, uh, me and Jeffrey Korth, um, a guy in our church, we went out on campus and evangelized for two hours to students, and we got a whole range of um, people. We um, got someone who believed that um, Jesus was the Son of God, but he wasn't the only way. Hmm. And Which um, is pluralism. That's kind of yeah, what I'm about. Yeah, here. exactly. Um, and so in that situation, I brought up, brought up Romans 14, 6, where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. John, John 14, 6, Sorry. right? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, Thanks for Romans. But. Um, yeah. Uh, so using that, um, just shows that Jesus is the only way that there is no other way to the father and, um, just ask him like, what, what do you think about that? Like, do you think that is wrong or do you think that is right? Because that's essentially what it all comes down to. Like, do you agree with this statement that I'm giving you? If not, then why and why is what I'm saying wrong? Um, so he was one guy we talked to, a Roman Catholic, and starting that conversation off, I had seen a um, rosary around his neck, so I asked him about that, like if he was Catholic, practicing, and um, he was on his way to go somewhere, but I said, I, I want you to think through like um, what priests say compared to what the Bible says. Hmm. And compare them between the two and actually read your Bible and see what it says. Because um, uh, a lot of us or a lot of people just hear certain things Mm. and they automatically assume it's true when Mm. it may or may not be. Um, And so because as believers, we know that the Bible is truth, um, that nothing can prove that it is wrong, that... um, yeah, that, that's what we have to base everything off of. That's good. Yeah, so you're saying like, I mean, going back to the Bible, Scripture, um, 
interacting with him with God's word himself. Because, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we can make up all these arguments and stuff, but oh, yeah. how is that con- going to convince somebody? We've got to use the, the word, which is yes. living and active. Yes. I really like that. Yeah. yeah, so that that's just one example of, of cold turkey. Um, I don't know if we still do much of this at Provision anymore, but we used to have something called like a Frank List. Or, mm-hmm. You remember that? Yes, Which yes, I, I thought remember. it was pretty good. It really is the same concept of, as a if you've ever heard of an Oikos map, which is like just you put your name in the middle and then you put people around you who are close to you who need to hear the gospel. But the Frank's uh, List um, is friends, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, and coworkers, or in college, I like to say classmates. And so that just gives a good range of people maybe who you can jot down and start praying for, pray for opportunities, and that, that you would ask God to burden your heart uh, with a need for you to share the gospel with them. And don't discount that God can use you to do it. I think that's important. Yeah. Is like God's Word says, He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, uh, self-control, a sound mind. And so to to know that we are His ambassadors too. If you if you know Christ, then you're able to share Him with others. Um, yeah even as scary as it may sound, that God will empower your words. Uh, well, to kind of wrap up, I think just talking through some practical tools, um, we just mentioned one, the Frank list, which is a way to just start thinking of who to pray for and how to share the gospel. Quinn mentioned the bridge, which is Romans six twenty three. So I'll just post a little uh, graphic in the description below for you to look at. Um, a lot of people ask, well, how do I even get into a gospel conversation? Like, I want to share the gospel, and I think I can do it. Like, I think I can walk through Romans 6.23 or something. But how do I even do it? And one thing that uh, I like to do is do something called a 15-second testimony. And this is so simple. Like, if you're getting coffee with somebody and you're just kind of asking them about your church back, their church background and whatnot and just kind of generating conversation, then one thing you can do is just kind of insert, like, hey, do you mind if I just share something with you? It's like, I just believe it's really important, and I believe it, like, can change our lives. And then you can do something called a 15-second testimony where you say, before I met Christ, my life was blank and blank. So, for example, um, before I met Christ, uh, my life was just depressed and hopeless. And those are just two words that you can fill in the blank. But then, this is the middle part, someone took the time to tell me about how God uh, sent Christ to die for me and in his love that I can be forgiven. And now my life is marked by hope and purpose. So that kind of you look back, my life before Christ, what Christ did, very summary statement, and then looking forward, now my life after Christ. And then you can ask, do you have a story like that? Or, or has something like that happened to you? And they may say, yeah. And if they say, yeah, then ask them to explain what God's done for them. And even if it's a bit off, you can still go right to the gospel and say, do you mind if I just share a verse that is really impactful about God's plan for our lives? And then you can go into the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's just kind of an easy way to do it. Another way that's really easy is what Quinn said. Just ask them what they think their purpose in life is. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. very direct. And most people, uh, they've thought about that question, even if they haven't formulated yes. a, a deep answer to that or a purposeful yeah. question or answer to it. And so obviously our intention then is to say, well, do you mind if I share what God's purpose for your life is? Yeah. And then go right to the gospel. Yeah, I I think that something that is intimidating as well, and this is a big reason why I didn't get into evangelism for a long time, but um, the thought of trying to defend those hard questions that um, I feel like I have to answer in a scientific way, I guess, like, 
um, while the the bugs were different back then or whatever. <laughs> random I, things. Random yeah. things. Yeah. Like how, how do you respond to that? And um, I, I would say you, because we are believers, the Bible is our source of truth. That is what we speak from. And if someone is to say like, well, the Bible isn't true or whatever, like that that's what our whole belief is on. Of course it's true. You you don't fold and just give in and say, Yeah, you know you're right. But we we fight for the Bible and what is true. Um no one has um contradicted the Bible. It's still um completely true and a valid um history resource and um a true story. So um I just Always go back to the Bible. You don't have to get into scientific stuff. Um, just um, know the Bible. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's good because we can. The reason we don't is we don't share the gospels because we fear we don't know enough. Yes. But like, like Quinn is saying, your source is the Bible, and so it's okay if someone asks you a question, um, and you say, "Well, let me get back to you on that." Like, I, I want to research that a bit more because I believe the Bible. Right. Can inform us on that. But for the purpose of sharing the gospel, get back to what Jesus has done. Just get back to the yes. the, the verse you're sharing. Um, because there will be people who will just try to ask questions to ask questions to, you know, because they don't want to believe. Right. Um, and with those people, I mean, it's, it's okay to just stop the conversation and be like, you know, have a good day. You know, uh, is there oh, yeah. I can pray for you. Yeah. Um, and so at, just to end, uh, there's a parable in Mark 4. And Jesus is talking about a farmer going out to spread seed. And he says that a man sowed, and some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And finally, other seeds fell into good, good soil and produced grain, growing up, and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the point of that little parable is to say that uh, our job as the sower is to simply spread the seed. We don't know who's going to accept it and bear Mm -hmm. the fruit that Jesus talked about. Many whom we share with will likely fall into the rocks or the thorns or the thistles and get choked out. You know, Mm -hmm. We never know. The point is, is that our fruit isn't measured by if we have a 100% success success rate of someone believing. But our fruit is measured by our faithfulness. Obedience. But we do expect God to save people through sharing the gospel. So, uh, provision, I hope that was a good little taste of just why evangelism. I'm going to put some resources in the description below. Click on them and use them to just uh, help you to share your faith more and to understand why we do that. So, we'll catch you next time.